Welcome to Changeable. This is episode number four. Want to break a habit? Watch a kid. Welcome, and thanks for tuning in to Changeable, a podcast about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. And now, here's your host, Dr. Amy Johnson. Welcome back to Changeable. I'm happy to be back and to have you back listening. In this episode, I want to talk a little bit about one of my favorite ways to see how we humans are designed to work, and that's by watching children. So children remind us what life was like before we added so much. They show us kind of how we come programmed, wired right out of the gate before we go through life collecting thoughts and insecurities and beliefs and opinions and all of this stuff that we collect through life. So children show us what it's like before we start taking our thoughts, feelings, and behaviors so seriously and so personally, before we started seeing all that complexity that we observe out in the physical world and getting really bogged down in that. Children live, you know, if you watch a kid, there's like a fluidity to how they go through life. They think and feel all kinds of stuff just like we do. The main difference is that they don't get so caught up in what they're experiencing because they're just more in the moment. You know, they haven't yet learned, it hasn't occurred to them that they're this kind of person or that kind of person or that life is supposed to be this way or that way. All of the layers of fears and beliefs and preferences and expectations that we adults innocently, innocently kind of gather and collect through life kids haven't done that yet. So they're still sort of relatively clear up there in a sense, you know, so thought and feeling still shows up, shows up, comes to life through them just like it does to us and washes away just like it does within us. But it tends to happen a little more quickly and a little more cleanly sometimes in children, because again, innocently, like we get in the way. We adults have so many opinions and preferences about what's showing up. It looks like it's about us. We want more of it or less of it. And that leads us to get in there and try to create more or less and judge it. And all that stuff we do about manipulating our experience and, you know, paying attention to it and all of that stuff, it it just kind of gets in the way, kind of messes up the system a little bit, slows things down. It doesn't really mess the system up, but it slows things down, you know, and we can get a little tangled in our experience. Kids, not really. (laughs) They're pretty simple. You know, they just live in the moment. They feel stuff. It's brought to life. It washes away. And then they're just on to the next. And it's a really awesome way, you know, watching kids to be able to just kind of get that feel for, oh yeah, that's what's possible for us right now too. This isn't about being a person of a certain age, you know, this lightness and presence, it doesn't expire once you hit a certain age or have a certain birthday. It's just that, you know, we we go up into our heads as we grow up, as our intellects get a little more complex and, and we think it's safer there. And that's a way that we can kind of make things go our way so we can have a nice life. All kinds of misunderstandings involved in that, but it's what happens and it's all right. But it's so refreshing, you know, and, and so interesting and really just enlightening to watch a kid and say, oh, if I didn't have all this thinking that looks so real and true and heavy, that's more how it would go. So kids feel something. 
and it's brought to life within them in a really big way. They, again, they don't even know to, or they they don't really care to um, resist it or not feel it. They just have a temper tantrum in the middle of Target. (laughs) They just do what they do. They're super happy or they're dancing and bouncing through Target. They don't care what people think. They're just really feeling what's there. And it changes so quickly. You know, it's just refreshing and moving through them all the time because our mind fixes itself. Beneath what's moving through, all is well. And because kids aren't so bogged down in the what's moving through piece, they're a little more connected to that that all is well piece. They just feel that more. It shines through them a little bit more. I've been watching my own kids to learn about what's there by nature, you know, what this human blueprint really looks like before we add so much stuff, what those factory default settings really kind of look like um, since I came across this new paradigm in 2011. So at that point, I had a two-year-old and a newborn and I'm it was a really amazing time to be coming across this because as you might imagine, or maybe as you've experienced yourself, having a two-year-old and a newborn, um, I had a lot of thinking on my mind (laughs) and it didn't just look like thinking, you know, it really looked to me like, wow, I'm responsible for two human beings. And of course I was for their, their safety and their well-being, but I thought I was responsible for, their, their contentment, their mental health, you know, their ability to grow up and be good people. I don't know what I was thinking, (laughs) to be honest with you, but I know that in those early days, it felt like, wow, their, their well-being, like their groundedness in life is fragile. That's just how it looked. I like I could really mess these kids up and I didn't want to do that. So it felt to me like a lot of pressure, like I need to correct them in the right ways, um, encourage them in the right ways. I had all kinds of thinking about the right ways to do things so that they could grow up and be happy, well-adjusted human beings. And as I started to come across this this new paradigm and see just what we all have going for us already, how well we are right out of the gate by nature and how all that stuff that shows up that leads us to believe we're not so well and leads us to suffer in life, how that is experience. That's not deep. It's not who we are. It's not one mistake a mom made at one point in the kid's life. You know, it isn't like that. It's experience that, yeah, we can get caught up in, we can misunderstand, and it can create some suffering, no question. But it's so much more shallow and moving and in flux than I thought it was. So to see, wow, these two little people that I have so much on my mind, so much pressure I'm putting on myself to myself to make sure they end up in a certain way, they're good. <laughs> like their design ensures it. Their well-being is not fragile, not at all. Seeing what they had going for them and that anything they would be up against was their own experience and me too and all of us was amazing for me. It was just so helpful, such a blessing as a parent to two little people. And it really helped me to just kind of relax and and notice their wisdom coming out all the time, notice their resilience. And that's the thing that, you know, I think, again, when we look at kids, stuff moves through them, they'll have 
this huge crying fit and then they're happy as could be two minutes later. I mean, that's the definition of resilience. Don't we wish we could be like that a little more? And we can because the only difference is they're just not so worried about what's showing up. They feel it. It comes to life. They let themselves feel it. They don't tell a bunch of stories about it. It changes on to the next. That's resilience. That's health. Not that we only feel a really narrow range of experience, that we feel the full range of human experience, but it doesn't get us. You know, it doesn't hold us down. We aren't afraid of it. So as adults begin to see the truth of who we really are and how our experience works, do you know what happens? They start to look a lot more like children. We see it all the time. I mean, we're so weighed down by all of this stuff we carry around in our minds that we think is real and us. And as we start to see more about this, we bounce a little more. We we walk a little more lightly and stand up a little straighter and we feel that resilience and we become more creative like children are and more spontaneous and all of those wonderful qualities we love about them, more joyful, because again, that's what's in there already. It's in there. It's just covered up at times by this, this layer of experience that we're innocently, innocently kind of holding on to. So when I was first coming across this new paradigm, again, my kids were really little and I was so excited about it. I started writing about it right away. And a lot of what I wrote in those that first year became um, a book that I wrote called Being Human. So I want to read you something that's in my book, Being Human, and it's an illustration. It's just a story of a boy named Miller and how he grows up kind of with this understanding and seeing how things work. And I wrote this really full of hope, full of hope for myself and my kids and for all of us. And I hope it helps you get a feel for your resilience and health and how changeable we all really are. There once was a boy named Miller. He was born a perfect baby, as all babies are, on a perfect January morning just before sunrise. Of course, his mother thought he was remarkable in many extraordinary ways, but in reality, he was no more or less perfect than any other baby who had ever been born. Miller's mind was at ease and he reveled in the experience of being alive. He acted without reflection. Miller didn't take the actions of people around him personally because he didn't conceive of a self that was separate from them. With things out in the world not about him in any way, life was infinitely easy. Miller experienced life as it unfolded, as purely and unfiltered as a perfect baby can. He appeared to feel content quite often, but he experienced a lot of other emotions too. His parents described him as a mostly happy baby, but he certainly wasn't always happy. He cried a fair bit, especially as his parents were hoping to sleep at night, and became angry at the suggestion of drinking from a plastic bottle rather than directly from his mother at times. He also experienced what looked like fear of the vacuum cleaner, frustration at painful incoming teeth, and disgust. Two words, scrambled eggs. To the adults around him, Miller appeared to cycle through a wide range of emotions quite swiftly and naturally, like a scattered thunderstorm passing overhead. Miller's mind was at ease, and he reveled in the experience of being alive. 
As he grew older, Miller began to see boundaries. Faint at first, he nonetheless formed the concept of a self as distinct and separate from the rest of the world. First evidenced when his older sister was handed a snack and he ran over yelling, me, 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 me. The adults in his life found this rather adorable, despite the fact that he was clearly becoming more like them, a thought that made his mother proud, but also a little sad. Miller's emotions began to stick as he grew older. Rather than assessing his mood moment to moment, his parents began to say things like, Miller's being silly today, or Miller's having a tough afternoon. Of course, those statements probably reflected his parents' biases as much as his own evolution, but his emotions definitely appeared to become less transient as he grew more verbal and intelligent. Nonetheless, underneath it all, Miller's mind was at ease and he reveled in the experience of being alive. As he grew into adolescence, Miller thought about himself more and more, but he always remembered the truth. Those boundaries he saw between himself and the rest of life were illusory. Because he knew that, he tended to behave more kindly toward other children in the world around him than some of his young friends. Don't get me wrong, Miller was like other boys, for the most part, but it rarely occurred to him to do things like throw trash on the ground or call kids at school mean names. Those behaviors simply didn't cross his mind as much, and if they did, he usually dismissed them instead of acting on them. He didn't try very hard to figure things out because, in his experience, most problems in life figured themselves out. Making that his job, the way the adults around him seemed to, looked a little senseless to Miller. Miller knew that the thoughts that ran through his mind were fleeting and meaningless. He didn't take them very seriously most of the time. He simply noticed them with curiosity or interest. This wasn't always true. Like all humans, he got caught up in his thinking from time to time. His thought storms tended to be calmer, shorter, and less destructive than his friends, however, because he understood the fleeting and biased nature of thought. Why get caught up in something that wasn't real and would change in a flash? When Miller was feeling particularly unpleasant, he remembered what his mother had always told him. You're always and only feeling your thinking, and thoughts and feelings are nothing to be afraid of. He understood that thoughts and feelings come and go, and that there was nothing in his experience to fear. That seemed to help him bounce back quite quickly, and he rarely felt stuck in a bad feeling for very long. Miller's mind was at ease, and he reveled in the experience of being alive. As a teenager, Miller had his share of ups and downs. Things didn't always go his way. The girl he loved broke up with him one day, and that threw him for a loop. He felt deep sadness, then anger, then loneliness. He questioned his own worth, like humans are wont to do. But Miller knew something not all teenage boys know. He knew he would bounce back to the underlying peace and connection that was there in all of life. Because peace and connection were who he was, his true nature, he knew he'd effortlessly return there and he didn't have to actively do anything. He didn't have to get over the girl or move on at all. Those things would happen naturally on his behalf. Knowing that he wouldn't get stuck in his dark feelings forever made the darkness a wee bit lighter. He still wanted his girlfriend back, but, well, such is life. A deeper part of him knew he'd always be okay no matter what. Miller's mind was at ease and he reveled in the experience of being alive. As Miller grew into a man, he delighted in life just like he had as a baby. He embraced change and welcomed challenge, which gave him a somewhat revered status among other adults. They looked at him and thought, what is it with that guy? Is he not afraid of anything? Does he not care what other people think or that he might fail or that he could lose everything? 
The truth was that, sure, daunting scenarios of letting down his family or ending up in a van by the river occasionally passed through his mind. But Miller knew that those thoughts passed through all human minds from time to time. He didn't believe they were his alone. He saw through their scary tone and the feelings they brought with them. They were more like shadows on the wall that only look like a monster than they were any kind of real monster. As such, he dismissed them relatively easily. Miller followed his heart with reckless abandon because he knew he ultimately had nothing to lose. Peace and contentment were his birthright. They were who he was, not things he had to earn. He couldn't earn them any more than he could lose them. So he simply didn't take circumstances so seriously. Peace and contentment weren't at stake, so life looked rather safe to Miller. He scratched his head as he watched his friends worry themselves sick over landing the right job or as he watched them fail to go after their dreams because what if it doesn't work out or what will people think? Because Miller knew without question that he could have a wonderful life regardless of the details, he simply wasn't held back in the same way. He did what he wanted to do and bounced back from disappointment easily. Miller's mind was at ease and he reveled in the experience of being alive. Miller was kind to himself. He felt compassion much more than judgment toward himself and others. After all, he reasoned, we're all just humans doing what we believe is best. The way he looked at it, no one was truly to blame for what he or she did. What good was blame? Blame and judgment require some objective right and wrong, and Miller didn't quite see the world that way. He believed people did what made sense to them, given their current thinking. And he certainly couldn't fault someone for falling into the same insecure thinking that all humans fall into now and then. So while Miller lived through the same up and down circumstances as the people around him, his experience of those circumstances was quite different. And while he felt the same dark emotions from time to time, his comfort with those emotions ensured that he bounced back from them very quickly. Miller's mind was at ease and he reveled in the experience of being alive. Miller spent his life doing the things he loved most. He played a lot, he loved a lot, worked a lot on things that felt like love, and enjoyed deep connection with the people around him. He often felt as if he were being guided through life. Miller loved using logic and his incredible intellect to solve puzzles and satisfy his intellectual curiosity, but he understood the limits of his thinking mind. He was often quietly tapped into what he called big mind, and it felt miraculous, like home. Miller's mind was at ease and he reveled in the experience of being alive. I used to think a life like Miller's in this illustration was unrealistic. It was too good to be true or it wasn't for people like me. But this really is how life can feel. You know, it can be more like this. We're still human. We still get to play the game. We still get to try things and fail at things and have things not go our way. But our security and our peace and our contentment aren't at stake. And when we know that, it changes the game in huge ways. Thank you for listening to Changeable. If you're enjoying this podcast, please let me know. Please subscribe or leave a review so that others who need change can find their way here. If you want more on how change really happens, Head over to dramyjohnson.com and grab the free PDF, Three Simple Ways to Break Free from Habits, Anxiety, and Addiction, even when you've already tried everything else. <laughs>